Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. So if you got your Bibles with you, let's turn to Matthew 7, and we're going to start in verse 24. It says, this is now Jesus is speaking. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Verse 28, and so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teachings. So today, if you're taking notes, I want to talk about built to last. Built to last. Now, a few weeks ago, when I was here, I told you, because I I preach a lot in sermon series, and that's just the way that my mind thinks, and it's good because... I can get into more stuff if we do a sermon series uh, because most topics in the Bible are more than just one message. You need several, several weeks to talk about it and build on that foundation. But every once in a while, I just tell Michael, hey, I'm not going to preach on a sermon series. I'm just going to preach whatever God tells me to preach, and I'm going to go week to week, and we're going to see what's going to happen. So um, I did that a lot during the summer, but I did that a few weeks ago, and the reason... I, I did that is because I felt like in the past month or so, I kept asking God, I do have some sermon series in the future I want to preach on, but I kept asking God, what do you want me to talk to our church people about? Because there's just so much going on in the world right now. And I know they need help because I need help. So God, what do you want to share with us? What is like a a now word, a now in time, in season word for us as believers. What do we need to hear? So a few weeks ago, I talked about endurance. Y'all remember that? Endurance to win. And I talked about you have need of endurance. Now, I got a lot of feedback after that message because a lot of people were like, that message was for me, Pastor. Well, you know why it was for you? Because God told me it was for you. Because it was for me too. So I preached that message because I really felt like a lot of people are struggling with endurance. That that a lot of people have need of endurance in this walk of faith. In this life of faith. So I preached that a few weeks ago but then I was thinking about it and I felt like God gave me this message today about built to last. We're going to talk today about what are you building your life on. So... Uh, we, we're going to start here in, in Matthew 7, and I read these verses uh, uh, just, a, just a, f- a few minutes ago. In Matthew 7, it's Jesus preaching, and he gives this example about a house that's built on the rock and a house that's built on the sand. So that's what we want to talk about today because I want to talk about what are you building your life on. Now, in 1985... Two years before your beautiful pastor was born. Right? The best thing that ever happened to Church on the Rock in 1987. July 1st. 
But in 1985, dad got away with God, and he decided what the vision of this church was going to be, what the values of this church was going to be, and what the name of this church was going to be. And God gave dad these verses. Now, now, these are not the only verses in the Bible that talks about this, but these are some of the theme verses that God gave dad in 1985, almost 39 years ago. And they were the verses about there's somebody who built their house upon the rock and there's someone who built their house upon the sand. But the one who built their house on the rock are the ones that, that lasted. The, they were the ones that had a foundation that, that, that lasted the distance, that, that went the, the way that, that God wanted their life to go. The one who built their house on the rock is the one who went through the storms and got on the other side of it and was still standing. Now that's why the name of our church is Church on the Rock. Church on the Rock. It's not just a random idea. It's a biblical idea that we want to be a church who's built on the rock. And we want, we want to have lives that are built upon the rock. We want to have families that are built upon the rock. We want to have children that are built upon the rock. We want to have our life built on the rock of God. So that's why we're Church on the Rock. So I want to talk today a little bit about building our life on the rock. Being built to last. So I was thinking about this and... If you watch the news at all, which I don't recommend, but I do, Morgan asks me this question sometimes too. She's like, you watch the news way more than I thought you would. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even realize I'm doing it. See, it's an impartation from my mom. You know, s some of y'all are old school like that. My mom literally would have to get home at 6 p.m. every night so she could watch the nighttime news. She would, she, this was before that you could watch the news 24-7. She would make it on purpose. She would need to get home so she could watch the local news, and then she could watch the national news. She would make sure she was at home at 6 o'clock. I don't even like the news. But I turned it on by accident, and then I hear too much, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have heard that. But if you, if you live in this world and you just know what's going on. You realize that there's a lot of things happening in this world and there's a lot of tension in this world and there's a lot of stress in this world and there's a lot of fear in this world, whether that's the economy, uh, the tension that is going on in this country about what direction it's going to go in the future. There's fear. There's Russia. There's China. There's Ukraine. Now there's Israel. Now all the Middle East acts like they're about to fight. We, we feel that tension. We feel that stress. We feel that shaking in the world today. And so, you know, about a month ago, you saw all the pastors preach a series on signs of the times. It's the end times. Now, I'm not against that. I'm not against messages like that. But I want to I tell you something that's going to be a little more practical than that. Because, really, if you watch preachers, anytime anything significant happens on the news, they do an end-time series. And they've been doing this since Jesus went back to heaven 2,000 years ago. 
They've been saying Jesus is coming soon. Yes, he is. They've been saying this for 2,000 years. And any major historical event, they've said, oh, it's the signs of the times. It's the mark of the beast. It's the end times. Get your revelation charts out. So I'm not against that, but I don't think all that preaching is necessarily helpful when you need to know how to live right now, no matter what happens. So, so let me give you my short version before we get into the message, because this all applies. This is what you need to know about the end times. Jesus is coming back. I don't know when. You don't know when. Secondly, live ready and be ready for him to return. And lastly, it is true we are closer now than when we first believed. But the church of Jesus Christ has been saying this for 2,000 years. But you realize God's on a little different calendar than we are. To God, a 1,000 years is as a day. So, so it's not a long time for him. It's a long time for us. So there's my end time message. Jesus is coming back. I don't know when. You don't know when. Need to live and be ready. And we are closer now than when we first believed. Okay. So what do we do? Why we're here. Because guess what? The answer for the Christians is not to move to Montana, get a bunker, hide canned goods, and be a prepper for the, the, the future Armageddon that's coming. That helps no one. That is, that is a posture of fear, not faith. God never said do that. No matter what signs that you see, or no matter how soon he's coming, he never says, go run and hide and be fearful and run away from the big bad world because you don't have any power. No, he says, actually, the darker it gets, now I'm about to preach. The darker it gets, the brighter the church should shine. The darker it gets, the more the church should go into the world, not run from the world. The darker it gets, the more the church should say, no, we have the answers. No, we can do this. No, we're well able to do this. No, no, we're victorious. We're overcomers. Not the church running and hiding and, and hoarding canned goods for the millennial reign of Christ. Listen, the church should be the church. And how many of you know a fearful, scared church is not going to help the world? The world needs a church and believers that are full of faith and hope and are strong because they built their life on the rock. They're not shaky and they're not roller coaster people like the world is right now. Because... The reason most people, their life is so shaky and there's so much tension and there's so much stress and fear is they're realizing their foundation is not too steady right now. So, I want to talk about what we need to live right now, what we need to do, what we need to build our life on because it need to be built to last. I've been thinking about what's going on in the world and it feels shaky. Economy feels shaky. Country feels shaky. The Middle East right now feels shaky with Russia and China and 
all the different situations going on. It makes you feel shaky. It, there's a shaking going on. And uh, I thought of these verses when I was thinking about this message because we're talking about what you live and do every day, but, but what you build your life on. What's your foundation? Are you built on the rock? Are you built on the sand? Where's your foundation? But I thought about these verses about shaking. In Hebrews 12 and verse 27, it says, This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. It's a kingdom that's built on a rock kingdom that's built on a foundation that's stable and strong and secure let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe some translations say everything that can be shaken will be shaken and we feel that in the world today everything that can be shaken will be shaken and how many of you know this you only can tell the quality and strength of the foundation until things start shaking. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But the only thing that will last are the things that are built on the right foundation. Now, now you know this. When, when there's earthquakes that take place in the world, especially sometimes when you see it in third world countries, when there's earthquakes there, literally all the buildings collapse. You know why? Because a lot of times in third world countries, they don't build strong foundations. Because it takes money to do that. And a lot of those countries are poor countries. And it flattens the entire city in some of these third world countries. Why? Because all of them were built on faulty foundations. But you didn't know that until the shaking started to happen. But then you could see another more modern city and there could be earthquakes and shaking going on, and then all the buildings are still there. And you're like, how did that happen? Well, they had some money, and they decided they built their, their, their businesses or their, or their homes on stronger foundations. They, they dug down real deep, and they, they, lay, they laid concrete, and they dug real deep in there to prepare for shaking. And then, so when the earthquake happened, the building was still standing because they had a strong foundation foundation that is on the rock so we need to live in a way that we're building our life on the rock and the foundation of God not on the sand now the Bible refers to God and it gives word pictures in your Bible about who God is and what he does. And especially in the Psalms, there's a lot of poetic language that says like God's like a sun and God's like a shield and God's like all, all sorts of different things because it's trying to give you a word picture of what God is like. But a lot of times the word is used that God is like a rock. Now God is not literally a rock for you ex-hippies in here. But it's giving you a word picture of God is like a rock. Now, wh why is God like a rock? Because a rock is something that you go to for safety and protection. When, when there's a storm and you're, and you're outside and there's a big rock structure, where do you go? You go under the rock for safety, for protection, for shelter because it's, it's stable and it's strong. 
A rock is a thing of stability that you can build your life on, or you could build a house on, or you could build a structure on. It brings strength. There's something about a rock that's, that's unchanging, and that's why God is like a rock. And, and the Bible says that we need to live our life in a way that we're building our house on the rock. Now, let me give you a few verses on how God is a rock in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 32. He is a rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong and how just and upright he is. Let's go to uh, Psalms. The book of Psalms. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection and my shield, the power that saves me in my place of safety. Let's look at another verse in Psalms here. Psalm 62, 6. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. Now what do we say? Hebrews says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But we have a kingdom that's unshakable. Why? Because our life is built on the rock. Our life is built on God. But, but let me get a little more specific today about God being a rock. Because I know most of us will say, well, you know, I mean, I know about God, so, so that means my life is built on a rock. You know, I have, I have some knowledge of God, but specifically, God is only your rock unless you, not just you know him, but you hear his word and you do what he says. Because I know a lot of Christians that say, oh, oh, my house is built on the rock. Oh, I love the Lord. Oh, I read my Bible every once in a while. I go to church some. Oh, I love the Lord. He is my rock. But then when their life gets to shaking, they realize there's no foundation. Their life was not really built on the rock because they, it's just this vague idea that I kind of trust in God. I kind of believe in God. I kind of know something about God. But that's not really building your house on the rock. The Bible says those who build their house on the rock are those who hear God's word and know God's word and they do God's word. There's a difference. Because God and his word are one. You can't separate the two. You realize we would not know what God is like without his word. We would not know the promises of God without his word. We would not know how to live without his word. We would not know who we are without his word. So God and his word are one. So we can't say we're building our life on God who is the rock unless we're building our life on God's word. Because that's where we dig our life down deep into the dirt and we lay the rock foundation where we can build a life that will last. That we could build a family that will last. That we build kids that will last. That we build a church that will last. Not just based off this vague idea of I kind of know God. But my life is built on God's word. Because God and his word are one. So I know God's word and I've heard God's word, but I do God's word. That determines whether you really believe it or not. 
Now, let me give you a few verses about how God and his word are one. We can't say that God's my rock and then not be fully believing and trusting in his word. God and his word are one. That's what gives us the strong foundation on the rock, his word. John 1, in verse 1, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Let's jump to verse 14. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was the full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father, one and only Son. God and his word are one. So when we say we're building our life on the rock, which is God, we are saying we're building our life on God's word. Because that is the only sure foundation for our life. That's the only rock foundation for our life. That's the only foundation that will last through COVID and the economy and, and tensions in Israel and Ukraine and China and Russia and, and, and things happening in the United States, Democrat versus Republican, Biden and Trump again. Please no. Are you with me? Not cool that that's happening again. But if your house is built on the rock, it will be okay for us who believe. But if you built your house on the rock, on God's word, you will last. So let's turn back to Matthew 7. Are you good? Okay, I'm just, I had to lay a little foundation for where we're going today. Matthew 7 and verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded upon a rock. Can we jump back to verse 24 real quick? Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Now, now we're going we're gonna to stop here for a second because, once again, I think a lot of Christians and believers in Jesus have a false sense of security. Because they've either been to church or they grew up in a Christian family or they grew up Catholic or they grew up, you know, they had some knowledge of God. Now, we live in the Bible Belt. We live in the Midwest. It's culturally cute to be Christian. Okay, it's not like we live in Portland or Seattle or New York where you're actually getting real persecution. It's acceptable. Like, if you don't say you're Christian around here, they're like, hmm, really? Like, I know you don't go to church, but you got to be kind of like Christian, right? That's just culture. We live in the Bible, but we live in the Midwest. But I think a lot of people, probably some of us included in here, we have a false sense of security that our life is actually on a rock, and it's not. That our life actually has a strong foundation in God, and it's really not that way. But 
The thing is, a lot of us don't find that out till it's too late. To the houses being swept in the ocean. To, to the things that are happening around us are, are crumbling. So a lot of times, that's what it takes for some of us to get a reality check to realize, maybe my life was not built on the things that I thought it was built on. Because I haven't been really hearing God's word and doing God's word. I just have a kind of vague knowledge of it. Like I kind of kind of know God and I kind of know a few verses and I kind of go to church. Your life's not on a rock. It's still on sand. Jesus said those whose life is built on a rock are those who hear and listen to God's word, which you're doing right now. So you're already at step one. And then they take it a step further and it says, and they do it. Who hears the word of God and they do it. They hear the word of God and they do it. Some translations say they hear the word of God and follow it. They hear the word of God and act upon it. They hear the word of God and they apply it to their life. Those are the ones whose house is built on a rock. Not just the ones who hear it. Not just the ones who have this vague idea of God. They do it. They follow it. They act on it. They apply it to their life. That's whose house is built on a rock. Are you with me? So, I don't want any of us to have this false sense of security. And I don't want any of us to get into the situation where, we, where we're shaken by the storms of life and by the, the, the culture and by the pressure around us. And then our house has to halfway fall apart to realize, oops. I don't want any of us to experience that. Maybe some of you have already experienced that. Now, why am I saying that? Because I love you as your pastor and I want you to build your house on the right thing. So your, your life, your house, your marriage, your kids, your life in God can outlast the world around us. That, that it can outlast the stress around us. That it can outlast the culture around us. That it can outlast these hard times that we're experiencing. And we can do that if we build our life on the right things. Are you with me? But I know how easy it is. Now, I've grown up in church my whole life, 36 years and nine months, over-churched. I'm not de-churched, I'm over-churched. But you know what is the common mistake for most of us in here? If you've been in church, if you've been around the things of God, see, after a while, you think just because you heard it, you're actually doing something with it. Just because you got notebooks from church, like you're actually living this. Just because you listen to podcasts every once in a while, it's not the same as applying it to your life. And I'm saying for me, if I've experienced that growing up in church my whole life, you probably have too. They're two different things. Because just because we're here at church does not mean we're getting what the message is saying. It doesn't mean we're going to have the results that the message is preached unless we apply it to our life, unless we do something with the word that we hear, unless we act upon it and follow it, we will not get the results that God says belong to us in our Bible right here in the word. And our house won't be built upon a rock unless we do something with it. You with me? 
Let's look at what it says in the Passion Translation of these verses. Matthew 7, 24. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the floods came with fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. Strong foundation. Notice it's the person who hears God's word and does and applies God's word. That's the house that's built by somebody who's wise and they will not just go through the storm. They will still be standing on the other side. Now, it's interesting to note in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, that there's, a, there's a house built on the rock and there's a house built on the sand. And the storm came to both houses. Now... <laughs> I'm not trying to discourage you this morning as your pastor. I love you. But I have to be honest with you that both houses experience storms. The house on the rock and the house on the sand. Now, sometimes in faith churches like ours, I think sometimes people say too much and imply too much like if you just believe and trust in God, your life's going to be kittens and rainbow sprinkles. That your life is going to be just straight ice cream and sunny days. Because I'm a faith person now and I believe in God. Buddy, I love you, but that ain't the case. You know why? Because you still live in this world. You're not in heaven yet. Now in heaven you can eat all the ice cream you want and you're not going to gain weight. It's not going to be gluten-free. You're going to eat as much pasta as your heart desires. You're still going to have a six-pack. It's going to be sunshine, sprinkles, and kittens all day long. But we're not in heaven yet. So right now when we're in this world, the Bible says, Jesus himself said, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. You will have stressful times. You will have situations going on that make you think, I don't know if we're going to make it through here. You will have storms of life in this life. But Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Because if you got him in your house, and he is the one you built your house upon, it's okay because you will overcome it. You will get on the other side of it. It doesn't matter how much the storm hits your house, you'll still be standing on the other side of the storm. You will. But the storm comes to both houses. I wish it didn't. I wish it didn't. But it does. It didn't say if the storm comes. It says when the storm comes to your house. It comes to the house on the rock and it comes to the house on the sand. Jesus said it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. Why? Because we live in this world. And it's a fallen, broken world right now that has not been fully redeemed and restored to the way that God wants it yet. So it comes to both of us. But the good news is if your house is built on the rock... It will still be standing. But storms come to both houses. And I think a lot of 
especially Christians, people that love God, they, they get so discouraged and thrown in the towel just because they're having a storm in their life. But I want to say, oh, sister, brother, it's normal. It's part of life. It is. And I wish that we could avoid every storm. I wish we could. I would have preferred to avoid some storms in my life. But I didn't get that choice. But what choice did I get? To choose to build my life on the right things. That's what choice you get. How you build your house. And then afterwards, you'll still be standing. You know, and I think we need to give people more credit for still standing. Sometimes we want to criticize people for going through a hard time. But if they're still standing, come on, we should rejoice with them. We should encourage them. That means they had a little foundation to their life. That, man, there was something in them. There was, there was some God in them. There was some strength in them. There was some rock underneath that foundation. They weren't perfect. But if they're still standing after those storms, we need to rejoice with some people. Hey, what about you? You've been through some storms. You're still at church this morning. You need to give yourself more credit. We need to rejoice about the things that God has brought us through. Doesn't mean we maybe lost a few shutters on the house or a few bricks went flying, but we still got a house. And we're still here. It matters. And we should rejoice with each other. But sometimes you need to rejoice just over your own life and say, God, I thank you. I'm still standing. I mean, I've been through some stuff. I've been through some storms. I've been through hell and back. But guess what? The rock held me steady. It was a place of strength and protection. It was a place of shelter. It was a place of his unchanging grace and unchanging goodness. And if your life is built on that, you'll still be standing. You will. So we don't get to choose the storms. But we do get to choose what we build our life on. We get to choose. And you know how they say, don't wait to build the house in the middle of it. Don't try to put up drywall in the middle of the tornado. Don't try to put electricity in when it's lightning outside. Don't try to start building your foundation when the hurricane's coming. No, do it before. Why? So when it comes, you'll still be standing. But, but who is the person? Who's the person whose life looks like that? Those who hear and know God's word. Because you can't just say, well, I, I, I kind of know God. No, no you, no, you hear and know God's word. Because God and his word are one. And then you go a step further and you actually do it. You apply it to your life. You follow it. You act upon it. Those are the ones whose house is built on the rock. Not just the ones who hear it and are like, amen. I'm going to say something to shake you up a little bit. And y'all could used to be a little more Pentecostal in here. We're getting back to that church, by the way. I don't know if I need to bring an organ in here or just, just go down the road and recruit Pentecostals from another church. Y'all, can we get some bun people down here? Come on, we need some real Pentecostals. We're a little more subdued at Church on the Rock. But here's the reality of that. 
If you take a lap in church and you don't do anything about it, your house is not built on a rock. Just because you say, mm, in church, does not mean your house is built on a rock. Just because you took a few stomps and jumps and, and shouted and had a Holy Ghost fit and fell out, does not mean your house is built on a rock. And I think sometimes stuff like that, which is good, by the way, and you could use a lot more of it. You could. You could. Because it's good to be excited about God's word. It's good to be excited and worship. When you respond to God, he responds to you. I believe in all that. We need that. But that alone is not enough. I saw a quote recently and it said, some people are going to keep shouting and running around the church the rest of their life saying, I receive it and get nothing because they don't apply God's word to their life has to be more than that. Now, that's a part of it, but it has to be more than that. When you leave the service, if you can't remember anything that was taught, then was it really a good service? I feel a little better. Well, good. I took a lap, and I'm kind of sweaty now. Good. I love God's presence today. Good. But if you can't take the message that you heard and say, God, I heard it today, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to apply this to my life. Because only those people are the ones who build their life on the rock. Can I take you a few steps further today? Let's look back at Matthew 7, 24. Can we put up the uh, New King James if possible? Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Yep. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Great was its fall. So the Bible says there's one who built their house on the rock, and that person is wise. How many want to be wise in here? Okay. And it says they're wise because they heard God's word and then they did what it said. Then there's somebody who built their house on the sand who was foolish. By the way, you don't want to be a fool. And it says that person heard God's word but didn't do what they heard. And their life was built on sand. So when the storms came and the floods came, It says, great was the fall of that house. Let me tell you this morning, if your life is built on anything that is changeable, that is movable, that you can lose, your house is built on sand. Your life is built on sand. So what does that look like? If if your life and hope is in the economy of the U.S. government, your life is sandy. If, you're, if your hope 
and your life is built on the government, which is very changeable and very movable, your life is built on sand. If your life is built on the culture and fame and fortune, your life is built on sand. If your life is built on yourself, your education, your own strength, your own wisdom, your life is built on sand. Even if your life is built on your family and friends, no matter how godly they can be, they are not God. You cannot base your life and build it on other people. It's sand. If it's changeable, if it's movable, and you can lose it, it's sand that you're building your life upon. And I think that's what we felt in the world around us. We felt that the past several years. We felt the world feeling the effects of living in sand. Because when everything got shaky, they saw all the different systems they have created start to crumble. The education system, the, the economy, the government, the healthcare system, the culture around us, it, it all started to crumble. Why? Because for years and years and years, we have tricked ourselves into believing that our life was on something stable and solid in a foundation, but it was on sand. Now, people are, are grasping. That's why we've seen stress and anxiety and fear and anger in people like never before. Because why? They're grasping for something. They've lost their foundations. They've lost their place where they can have strength and stability. They've lost that foundation that they thought they had. Why? Because all along, their house was on sand. But they didn't realize that until things got shaky. It started to crumble. But Jesus said, we don't have to be that way. We can be a house built on a rock, built on his word, and we hear God's word. We listen to it, and we do it. We apply it to our life, and that's the person whose life is built on the rock. It's a sure foundation. It's steady. It's strong. It's a place of protection. It's unchangeable. It's a foundation that we can build our life upon. Now let's look at Matthew 7 and verse 24 through 27 in the Message Bible. I love the way it says in the Message. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words. Words, words to build a life on. And if you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded. A tornado hit, but nothing moved that house because it was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life. Now, this is, this is not me. This is him. This is the message Bible. You are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach. And when a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house cards that's why we need to build our house on the rock let me take you one step further and we're going to close today let's look at the book of James now we're still talking about what are you building your life on are you building it on sand or on the rock now those whose life is built upon the rock are those who hear the word of God and then they do it now let's look at what it says in James 1, 21 through 25. It echoes the same idea. 
So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. Now that's what's happening every time you get in your Bible, every time you hear a preacher, God is trying to put the word of God in your heart. Why? So you can have a strong foundation. But you got to take that word and put it in the foundation of your life. It's not enough that you just hear it. So it says, accept the word of God has planted in your hearts for it has power to save your souls. Verse 22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. In verse 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, that's God's word. And if you do what it says, are you hearing that over and over again? Don't just listen, do what it says. Don't just listen, do what it says. Why? Because those are the people that build their life on the rock. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So we see here in this passage, James echoes what Jesus said in the Gospels, that we must not just be hearers of the word. Because that's not building our life on the rock. We must be doers of the word. That's how the foundation gets laid. But in verse 22, if we could pull that up, it says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Now, some translations say you're only deceiving yourself. And how many of you know self-deception is the worst kind of deception? Why? Because you don't know it's you think it's everybody else it's everybody else's problem it's everybody else's issue that's not me self-deception and how many know we've all been there before I've been there you've been there we've all been there and we've felt that before we've heard God's word and we've heard God's word and we've heard God's word and we've listened to podcasts and, and we've we watch YouTube and, and and we've been to church and we've been to church and we've taken notes and sometimes we're we're so upset we're like God why isn't this happening why is my life this way why am I not seeing the results why is my life feeling like I'm not on the right foundation and the answer is we have been self deceived because we've just heard it and never did it we've never applied it to our life we've never worked it into our life. We've never taken the next step and said, God, I'm not just going to hear it on Sunday. I'm going to do this. Because that's where the foundation is laid, in the doing. That's where the blessing is, in the doing. That's how your life is changed, in the doing. That's how your life moves forward, in the doing. That's how we see the promises of God, in the doing. Not just hearing it, but doing it. That's why it says, Don't be self-deceived. Because that's a common tendency for all of us. When we hear it, we're like, I got it. Right? I mean, we all do it. I've been in so many services my whole life. I've heard great messages, and I'm like, yeah, it's great. I want it. I got it. And then next week, I'm like, what was that message about? 
But I got it last week. No, you didn't. You heard it. You don't get it until you actually do it. You don't see the results of it until you actually apply it. You don't build your life on the rock until you actually say, God, I'm going to follow this and act upon it. Not just say amen in church. Not just take notes. When you actually do it is when you build your life on the rock. I know I'm challenging you a little bit this morning, but we all need this. I need this. Now, why am I saying this? Because I want us to all have our lives built on the rock in these times we're living in. I don't want you to be shaken up like the rest of the world around you. I want you to still be standing strong and firm. That's what the world needs is a strong church, is a victorious church, is an overcoming church. And believers that look that way, that are full of faith and full of hope and and full of God's promises and that are seeing God's word come to pass. Why? Because they're on such a strong foundation. They're not shaken. They're not worried. They're not scared. Why? Because their feet are on a rock. So the wind's blowing and the rain's coming and the waves are hitting, but you're not scared. You're on a rock. That's the way our lives should be, and it can be. Brother Daryl, could you come play, and we're going to close here. We build our life on the rock, that foundation that can hold us in the most difficult times the most stressful times. We see this pattern all throughout the the Bible, the Gospels, and the New Testament. If we want to see the results that God has for us, and we will lay that foundation, we have to hear God's Word and then do God's Word. I love that Keith Moore said this a while back. He said, you want a recipe for miracles? You got to hear what God says and do it. That's simple. He referred to the promise in the miracle in the book of John where Jesus turned the water to wine. And his mom said, Whatever he says, do it. And then Jesus said, Okay. He told them what to do, and guess what? They did it, and then there was a miracle. That's simple. We want to overcomplicate it, but it's that simple. And if that applies to miracles, that applies to all the promises of God. That applies to anything that God tells you to do. That applies to laying the foundation of the rock in your life. Is you got to hear God's word and you got to actively do it. Actively apply it to your life. Those are the ones whose house is built on a rock. And we're not going to be self-deceived anymore, church. Thinking just because we heard it, we got it. No, we don't. That's only part of the process. We need to actively apply it and follow it. That's where the blessing is. That's where the foundation is. That's how you start getting stronger is when you say, God, I hear you, and I'm going to do it. You know, every time you do that, you're putting another brick and another brick and another brick. And don't take every week after week after week like it's the same old thing. No, you don't realize every week you're coming to church, you're putting another brick and another brick and another brick you're putting a little concrete over here you're putting some shutters right there you're putting another brick it's not just you're just coming to church no 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 you're hearing it and you're doing it and there's another brick and there's another brick and you know we're not thankful for it all the time because we don't have a storm all the time 
But then you realize, oh yeah, me going to that life group all those years, I was putting bricks in my house. Me coming to church week after week and not just hearing it but doing was putting concrete in my foundation. And I wasn't thankful for it all those years, but when the storm came, now I'm thankful. Because I'm still standing. When everybody else in my family's falling apart because they built their house on the sand and they're looking to me now, I'm thankful because I built this on the rock so I can help them now. I can help my parents or I can help my kids or I can help my cousins. Why? Because my house was built on a rock. Anytime we have the opportunity to hear God's word, we're putting another brick and another brick, more concrete and more concrete. Why? Because when the storm comes, when the shaking comes, your life will be standing because it was built on a rock. We need to hear God's word and we need to actively do God's word. You realize that life change doesn't happen just based off knowledge. Life change happens when you apply that knowledge. There's a difference. Life change does not happen because you got notebooks in your house from church. Life change happens when you take those notebooks and you do what they say. It's applied knowledge. It's knowledge that we follow and we do and we can. Let me leave you with this thought. Sometimes when, when we say you need to do this in church, some of y'all go straight legalistic on me in here. Like, yeah, bless God, I'm going to do it. That's never the tone of God in the Bible. But so many people get so religious when I'm saying you need to do God's word. You need to apply it to your life. Everybody's like, okay, bless God, I'm going to buckle my bootstraps and I'm going to do it. Okay, chill, chill. No, when I say that, this is what I mean. I mean, it's a process. Whether you're at church, whether you're listening to a podcast, whether you're watching live stream, which actually we're live today. Hello, hello everyone on live stream. How are you doing? Whether you're watching something on YouTube, whether you're reading your Bible, you're hearing God's word, and then... You take it from there to doing God's word, actively applying it to your life. But that's a choice that we make. But here's the truth of it. When we choose to say, God, I'm going to apply your word and I'm going to do your word that you just spoke to me. God gives you power to do it. Because some of you are still thinking, oh, man, that sounds like a lot to do. No, God's just asking you to make the choice and to make the step to do it. And when you do that, that's where his power meets you. But he doesn't give you that power until you make that choice and that step to do it. That's, that's why we're like, oh, God, where is the power? No, that's what faith does. you got to take the step first. And then when you do it, he gives you the power to do it. You realize in the book of Exodus... And this just came to me when God told his people, they heard something. And he said, I want you to walk across the Red Sea. No water parted until they started stepping into the water. And there was power to meet them there. 
But they had to step out and say, God, I'm going to do it. And the more they stepped, the more the water parted. And the more they stepped, the more the water parted. And the more they applied it to their life, the more the water parted. It's the same thing with you when you hear God's word. And you say, God, I'm going to choose to apply this to my life. There's power to meet you there to do it. I love this verse in Luke 1, 37 in the Amplified. It says, no word of God is void of power. Why? Because God's word to you has inherent power in it. And when you choose to say, God, I'm going to do your word, he will give you the power to do it. Because there's power in his word to do it. But we have to just choose to make that first step. Choose to say, well, God, I'm going to apply it. God, I'm going to do it. And when you do that, he gives you the help to do it. He gives you the power to do it. Philippians 2.13 says, God in you. What's in you? God, his word in you. Creating in you and giving you the power and desire to do his will. Not of yourself, but it's God in you giving you the power and desire to do it. So let me encourage you today as we leave. Once you hear it, you need to apply it and do it, but you're not by yourself, so don't think that. Even the really challenging you stu- stuff you hear from church or you hear from God, you're like, whoo, that's a lot to do. Well, it's not you doing it. You just got to make the step and the choice to start doing it, and there's inherent power from God's work to help you do it. He will give you the power and desire to do it. He will give you the help to do it. But he just is looking for somebody to say, God, I'm not just going to be a hearer. I'm going to be a doer. And when you do that, you'll be blessed in what you're doing. And when you do that, you're putting another brick in your house. You're not building a sandy beach shack, but you're building it on the rock in the foundation of God. Every time you say, God, I'm going to apply this. I'm going to apply this. I'm going to do this. He will give you the power and desire to do it. Did you get something today? Let's stand up today together. Thank you, Father. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, we love you today. We love you today. We thank you today for your word. It's alive. It's full of power. It's able to change us today. And if you would this morning, if you're comfortable, could we, could we raise our hands as a sign of submission to God? God, we're saying we come in agreement as a church family and we say, God, we want our house to be built on you, to be built on a rock, to be built on the foundation of your word. And Father, we ask right now that we wouldn't just be hearers, but we would be doers of your word. Father, we thank you that we would hear your voice clearly, not just on Sundays, but anytime we listen to you, we get in your word, we listen to preaching and teaching, that you would speak to us in our private life, that that anytime we hear your word, that we would quickly apply it to our life, that we would be a doer of it. And we thank you that when we make that choice, we make that step, there's inherent power in your word to help us to do it. That you have created in us the power and desire to do your will, not in our own strength, but because we have God's spirit that lives in us that empowers us to do his word. And we thank you for it today. I pray, Father, that your people, that they would be strengthened right now. That maybe they are feeling a little shaky this morning. Maybe they have felt a little stressed or angry or or fearful right now because of all the stuff going on in the world. 
Father, I command those things to leave. And I command the strength and the peace of God to come into them right now. Help us to build a house. Help us to build a house that will last. Help us to build a church that will last and a family that will last and and a future because our house is built on the rock. And we thank you, Father, for it. Father, we thank you. You didn't leave us without help and you didn't leave us without hope. You gave us an answer and you gave us your word. Your word is our help. Your word is our answer. Your word is a place of safety and protection. It's a place of shelter. It's a place that we find our strength and stability. It's a place that is a strong foundation for our life. And we thank you for it. Help us to honor your word more than we have up till now. To desire your word. To dive into your word like never before. And then do what you tell us to do. That's when miracles will happen. That's when strength will come. When we hear God and we do what he says. Thank you for giving us the power and desire to do it today. Thank you, Father. Come on, can we just thank him a second? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. And we love you today. We love you today. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.